0: Welcome to Spirit Tea with Nikki, the podcast where we talk about all things related to lifestyle and spirituality. I am your host, Nikki, certified energy healer and spiritual psychic medium. I started this podcast to share my experiences, to connect further with all of you, and to most importantly, have fun while doing it. This is a podcast where I share personal stories and insight from the spiritual and physical realms. So make yourself a tea get cozy, and hang out with me. Welcome to episode four of Spirit Tea with Nikki. If you have made it this far in listening to all the episodes and catching up, thank you for holding space and thank you for being interested. This last couple weeks have definitely been quite a roller coaster for many reasons. There's a lot of changes that are happening in my personal life. And I'm trying not to overthink this whole podcast scheduling situation. But I always go with the little bursts of creativity that I do have and the times that I do feel compelled to share and just kind of tapping in from that place. I feel like This is something that happens with creatives and people who create content where you sometimes just don't want to do it. And I think we should start normalizing that conversation as well. Anyways, so in the last episode, we were talking about my experience with recovery and all the emotions that came with that. Now, that was quite a long time ago in my life and it's quite the surreal experience to now reflect and record it for anyone and everyone to hear. But on a lighter note, I wanted to share with you guys about my spirituality. I think a common question that I get a lot is, you know, how can you do what you do? How did you get here? Like, what happened? And now looking back, I truly believe that my childhood and how I grew up and all the things that had happened to me were definitely for me. And it took years of personal development and transformation for me to come to that conclusion. Because for the majority of my life up until that point, I definitely was like, this sucks. I hate this. Like, why is this happening to me? you know, victim mentality and really just like giving up in a lot of ways. But my spirituality was definitely the one thing, if not the only thing that saved me and that kept me going, whether I knew it or not. It's like I didn't believe in anything. And how could I? You know, I remember when my dad was sick, I would pray to God. And this was mainly because I would watch shows and everyone would talk about the religion and God and Jesus Christ. And at the time I thought that if I prayed every night that my dad would miraculously get better. And I truly believe this. I don't think I shared this part in my story with episode one or two, but I would kneel at the edge of my bed every day or every night. And I would say like something along the lines of like, dear God, please heal my dad from all of his sicknesses and ailments. And I would also say, and I hope everybody receives $100 to live today. And this is like such a random memory that's coming into my mind right now. But obviously with the outcome of what had happened and my dad ultimately passing away, I remember so much of my trust and my faith had shattered beneath my feet. And it was once of many, many times throughout the course of my life where I had to challenge my faith. I had to challenge the religion that I was exposed to in society and in school, but also my religion and growing up with Buddhism. It's needless to say that I've always been very spiritual, but I didn't always just believe in one thing or another. And with the experiences that I've had throughout my life, you can see why. I'm sure that a lot of people's faith carries them through hardship and struggle and I know I've heard personally these kind of stories before but my experience with it looking back has definitely been very colorful it's funny because I always had to go against the grain I could never necessarily just go with what everyone else was doing as much as I wanted to fit in and I wanted to believe in what everyone else believed in and evidently that helped me grow to where I am now, but was very confusing in those times. I also say that because growing up, I was exposed to the Christian and Catholic religions. And mainly that's due to school. So I would go to school and that's kind of what they would talk about or what I would hear my classmates talk about. But I, again, grew up very, very Buddhist and I didn't resonate with that part of my life at all culturally speaking it was normal for my family to pray to the buddhist gods for things that we wanted or things that we needed and i remember having this beautiful altar with buddhas and we would have you know, water put out for them. We would burn incense twice a day. We would give them fruits and different types of meals on certain days as well. My dad was very, very serious about Buddhism. We didn't necessarily go to the temple every week or anything like that, but I guess that's kind of what the altar at home was for. I remember when I was younger, my brother would tell me that before I was born, They had lived in Singapore. And whenever my brother was bad, my dad would send him to the local temple and make him live there. And he would tell me how, like, scary it was because there were, like, spirits there. And, like, he would hear weird things and, like, have sleep paralysis and all this stuff. But my dad would always say, like, if I can't teach you, the gods will teach you. So in the time of growing up with my dad, I definitely inherited a lot of that aspect of spirituality and that aspect of faith and in my culture being Taiwanese it's actually very very normal to see psychics and I'm not saying this for like all Taiwanese people because I'm not trying to generalize but if you grew up with Buddhism then it was likely that you have either heard of something like this or been exposed to something like this. I remember that we actually had a psychic that was part of our family so because my dad had a very successful career being a doctor in Taiwan we were definitely considered to be quite wealthy and wealthy families generally had seers and psychics and fortune tellers and masters of that nature in their family and so I remember my dad had told me that this lady had actually named me, which is where I found out that I was actually quite normal in Taiwanese culture to have a psychic name your baby. So, like, when you're actually born, you don't have a name and the hospital will give you like time to go back because they will take your birthday and birth time and take it to the psychic and they basically generate names for you and then based off the list of names that is how you choose the destiny of your child i don't think they do this in canada but the birth certificates in taiwan come with the exact time that you're born printed directly onto your birth certificate and so this is how i was originally named my legal name is not nikki Nikki is the name that I was given when I came to Canada, but my legal name is actually in Chinese. So this belief of your name holds a lot of power and really dictates the course of your life and your personality and how you go through things was taken very seriously and I think still is taken very seriously till this day. So anyways, we had a family psychic. And... It's interesting because I have this like one memory of her, and it's like we were going to a dinner or there was like a farewell dinner or something. and I remember what she was wearing because it was always so out there. And she had worn like a full- on royal purple outfit, like blazer, a skirt that was down to her knees. She had these pantyhose on loafers. I had a cute little purse and a matching hat, of course. And she was this, like, short little lady who kind of freaked me out because she was just always, like, dressed weird. And, like, she would just kind of, like, say random things to me and I didn't know what to do with what she would say. But this specific memory I had of her was her coming up to me wearing that exact outfit and telling me, just randomly like your life is hard, but it is going to be beautiful when you get through it. Something along the lines of that. And I just remember so vividly being like, I don't know what you mean by that. It was later on in my life that I realized that she had actually named everybody in my family and had helped my dad quite a bit with a lot of the big decisions that he did make in his life. And I recall my brother telling me about this, too, but he would say it in a way where it was like kind of silly, but he also like half believed it because there were just a lot of references about this lady and how she would say certain things and, you know, how it's almost in a way where we just wanted to believe the good things, but anything that was relatively maybe not so good, we would just be like, oh, yeah, like maybe not. Maybe that's not happening. So. That was kind of like my very, very first premature psychic experience based off of the family ties that I had, but definitely just remembering a lot of like riddles and like vague stuff and the overall kind of resounding your life is going gonna, is gonna to be hard and you're very gifted in your own ways, but you won't know until you basically hit that age. So again, like this is Me reflecting back and having been able to connect the dots and put things together, I definitely didn't know what was going on at the time. Obviously, looking back now, she was so right about so many things. There was this ongoing joke that wasn't so funny growing up where everybody knew that I was the favorite. I think the psychic told my dad that out of all of his kids, like I was the one that was gonna. Do something with my life, and he would always joke about that, and it definitely wasn't a joke. And it was because she had told him that I was gifted in some ways. And I think throughout my childhood, in the short time that I did have with him, he noticed these things. And it was definitely because I would see stuff that wasn't there and I would talk to things that weren't there and when I say weren't there like because no one else could see them and my dad was never like weird about it but I just remember him kind of questioning me and he would have this like smirk on his face he never was scared or anything like that but I just never thought too much about it until later in my life and it's interesting because I'm just remembering that the last house we lived in together, so my dad, my brother and I, there was this little girl that I would see all the time. And my house was structured in a way where you entered the front door and there was a big foyer and a big spiral staircase that connected, obviously, to the second floor. And it was like a very open concept situation. So if you're walking through the door, that's what you're seeing. And then on the right, there's like that second living room that nobody uses. And then towards the left, there's this glass door that's always closed, but it would lead to the kitchen and the rest of the first floor. So anyways, I spent a lot of my time upstairs because our living room was upstairs. And I remember... That I would always see this girl, and she was like my age, and I would like play hide and seek with her. It's just so freaky now that I'm remembering what had actually happened. But at the time, it was innocent, it was playful. Like I had no idea that no one else could see her. <laughs> and it was funny because I remember like playing hide and seek, and then all of a sudden, having like a moment where I forgot what I was doing and I would just go do something else and then realize that I was supposed to continue playing. But it was interesting because I feel like she kind of just disappeared, but it was like normal for me anyways. So I would talk about her to like my nanny at the time. We had a housekeeper and I would talk about her to like my dad and My brother was like, no, he was like, absolutely not having it. But my dad would always kind of hold space for me in that way. Anyways, to a certain point, I think I started to also question what I was seeing, but I never thought too much of it at the time. And so one day we were actually, I think we were like moving or we were doing something with the house. And because... My brother was super into like racing and like cars and stuff. He would often drive way too fast for residential neighborhoods. And at the time, I remember standing at the doorway and my brother had pulled into the driveway like super fast. And we had these neighbors that we never talked to. They were very to themselves. And so were we. But this man comes out and he's like screaming at my brother and he's like saying these things like you need to slow down do you know what had happened here at this house the family that used to live here they lost their daughter to a car accident because the car was driving too fast in this neighborhood and I was like what (laughs) I remember being like having this whole moment of like connecting the dots and realizing that who i was playing with was literally not there and like that was probably who it was and it was oh it was so freaky because i remember one time too that i was standing at the top of the stairs and i was looking down and i saw her like staring at me through that door that leads to the kitchen and i have such goosebumps right now like it's crazy because i haven't about this story in such a long time and it was honestly so normal for me at the time but yeah it was kind of scary now that I'm thinking about it and generally speaking with all the experience that I've had especially being a medium like I've never gotten scared but I don't know for some reason retelling the story right now I'm like oh my gosh anyways so this was like one of many experiences that I've had growing up but going into After losing my dad and going to foster care and all that, a lot of that definitely stopped in its own ways. And I would have spiritual experiences in different ways. So I would see things, I would feel things, I'd be able to predict things, but I just never knew like what was actually happening. So like fast forwarding to after getting out of rehab and that whole chapter of my life, I started to actually open up in certain ways. But I wasn't sure what was really going on. And this was because I remember that I was dating someone at the time, like shortly after getting out of rehab. And I remember like sitting at his house and like staring blankly at the kitchen. And he was like, one day, like, what are you always like staring at? And it was weird because it's not like I could see with my physical eyes, but I would always see this like figure standing there. And one day I like remember going to like this trance and I was like, there's this guy that just always sits in your kitchen and he's like young, like maybe he's like 25, 26 and he died from an overdose and he has this like love for you. But at the same time, he like doesn't like you for some reason. And I remember being like, don't freak out. I don't know what this is coming from. And I just feel like I need to tell you this. And it was crazy because he wasn't like overly spiritual or anything, but he did believe in like spirit and like other things. And he was like, tell me more. And he was very intrigued. So I remember telling him, like, yeah, this person feels like he used to be a friend of yours. And it's interesting because he said, tell me more, but he already knew who it was. And so he tells me that. Basically, he had a friend who had overdosed and he felt responsible for his passing because I think he like gave him the drugs or something and it was like supposed to be like a leisurely party thing, but it ended up being what kind of took his life. And so that was kind of like the first very clear experience as an adult that I had with connecting to spirit. And this was like before I did anything professionally. At the time I was literally working at a logistics company and I've said it before in episode one and two, I believe, where I worked in international logistics for like six or seven years of my life. So I came from a very colorful background into a more like stable kind of situation, but definitely in my spare time, When I wasn't working, I was having, like, very strange encounters. And I remember, too, that this one time I had someone that was very, very near and dear to me, who I personally saw as a brother figure. And he actually was a part of my life when my biological brother was in my life. And he had taken care of me in a lot of ways after I was taken away and put into foster care and stuff. I actually have his initials tattooed on my hand and I absolutely love, adore him and respect him. And I remember I spent a lot of time with his family back then and he was Thai. So like, if you know about like Thai people and their culture, they're super into (laughs) magic and psychics and spirituality and all things, which I will get into deeper on a different day. But I remember too, like going to his house, he had an altar as well. His family was super religious in their own ways. They also had psychics on payroll. And I remember going to his family's house one time and I was like, felt like there was so much going on. Like, I felt like it was full of people and I remember walking by the altar and being like, kind of spooked by it. And we would like kind of talk about it here and there. And it was funny because this one day he's like, he's like, my mom is so stupid. And I was like, why? And he's like, so she just got back from Thailand and there's like this night market or these night markets there. And she went by this vendor and he was selling these like masks and so it's kind of like if you've seen those japanese like hanya masks so like demon masks i guess it was kind of like that but it wasn't actually a japanese hanya mask it was something else however basically he said that the vendor had told her that this mask had a little boy that was attached to it and this little boy loved soccer and so if the mom, like, took it home with her, then he would help bring prosperity into her life by betting. Because at the time, the World Cup was happening, and a lot of people were placing bets on that. So anyways, she brought it home, and he's telling me about this. And it's like, again, I'm still feeling like the hairs on, my, on the back of my neck are standing up this entire time, and I'm not saying anything about it. And then he goes, so... This is the mask and he's like pointing, pointing towards it and it's at the altar. And he's like, look at all the cups that are in front of it. So it's literally like this mask and you see, like, I think it was one to like 20 cups and they're all placed in a row and they all had numbers on them. And basically the vendor had told the mom that to put out these cups and to number them and fill up all the water to the very top. And when the next day, what's supposed to happen is that the water will be missing from certain cups. And so whichever cups that has water missing, she's supposed to bet on those numbers. So she did that. And I remember looking too and being like, okay, yeah, there's like some water missing from some of these cups. And he basically said that She did that, but then, and she kept winning and it was working. And it was so crazy to me because I was like, this is such a weird story, but I can totally resonate with the energy that I'm feeling in this house right now. Because he goes, and then my mom got lazy and didn't want to do it anymore. So she stopped like feeding him and like giving him water and like she just kind of fell off. And then weird shit started happening in the house. And so. He's telling me all this and he's like, so now we have to like take this mask and like bring it somewhere else and like get it cleansed and now get the house cleansed because the spirit is mad. I'm like, I'm just going to leave now because this is just like validating what I'm feeling in my body. And this is definitely not the vibe that I'm trying to be in at the moment. But again, exposing myself to kind of like a supernatural experience and feeling something and kind of having it validated in a way that was not what I expected, but validated nonetheless. I had a lot of these kind of experiences and I wish I wrote all of them down so I could like look back at them to share, but these are just some of the ones that are sticking up right now as I record. I actually had a lot of like weird experiences being around his family, actually, and, like, being in his house and, like, weird things. But, yeah. Never really saw anything with my physical eyes, but definitely saw, felt, sensed, and knew stuff that there would be no way of me knowing normally. And you know what? Like, even when I was, like, doing drugs and all of that, I recall this one time this was in this, the little period of when I was doing like the Oxys and like the Coke. And I remember trying to go to sleep and it was much easier when you had Oxys, but I was trying to go to sleep and I remember closing my eyes and seeing these like demon figures and these like scary faces and just seeing all this like weird monstrous beings get close to me and then, like, fade away. And I realized that those were very real. Especially now, knowing what I know, those were very, very real. And this is just, like, a little side note. Alcohol, cocaine, those two things specifically, but cocaine for sure, they are food for lost spirits that are in the first realm. And the first realm is a place that spirit stays when they are unable to cross over onto the other side. So in my experience, if you're someone that had your life taken very violently, very suddenly, and you've had a lot of attachments and basically being very unaccepting to the truth of where you're at, you do have a choice and a lot of people can stay in the first realm, but it's a very le- low vibrational state. And because drugs and, you know, like cigarettes and all these like things that we have on earth, they don't exist on the other side. So they will stay around people who do these things in order to kind of mimic the same feeling or the same experience that they're looking for. And this is just what I Believe in and through my practice have seen myself, but do what you will with it. And yeah, so lots of trippy, trippy stories that I had. And some of you guys might know my friend Julia. And so if you don't know her, she is someone that I had grown up with. And now she is an eczema coach and wellness professional. But anyways, so when we were younger, I used to go to her house all the time and her house also was like, you first go into the door, there's a big foyer and then she also had like a spiral staircase that would attach to the second floor and we would hang out at her house all the time and it was so funny because, well, it's not funny because it was actually really scary, but (laughs) We had a lot of weird kind of encounters where we would like feel stuff. And so she's a Pisces. So she feels stuff, but she also doesn't really know what she's feeling. And I remember like hearing footsteps and I remember hearing like running. And I remember this one time her parents would like hang the blankets off of the railings to dry. And then this one time I saw someone like as if someone like... Was grazing the blanket, like running and like running their fingers through the blanket. But obviously there was nobody there. I remember telling her this. And it's funny because we would tell her dad and her dad would just laugh. Like he would just know what was happening. But no one would ever say anything or confirm anything. Anyways, so one day I went to her house to pick up a jacket and I was with one of my friends who drove me there. And when I got back into the car, he like had the weirdest look on his face as if he saw a ghost. And I was literally like, you look like you just saw a ghost. Like, why are you looking like that? And he's like, because I think I just did. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, does Julia have a little sister? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, is she white? And I'm like, no. And he's like, That's what I thought. But I just saw this little girl stare at me through the window. And I'm like, what? And so I'm like just having flashbacks of all the moments that I've had at her house and all the like weird kind of like footsteps and things I've heard and feelings that I had. And I call her right away and I tell her what happened. And she goes and she's like, okay, I'm going to ask my dad. Long story short, She is like calling me the next day and she's like, yeah, so my dad knows like what you're talking about. I'm like, okay, what did he say? And he said that basically he knows of this little girl and how she's been living in our house for a very long time and how he had a dream about her the night before, which is the same night that we went to her house. and. The girl said to him that she recognized someone coming over, which was my friend at the time. And she asked for permission to leave with him. I'm like, okay, And so what did he say? And she's like, he said, he said that she can go. And I'm like, um, okay, what does that mean? And ironically... My friend tells me, too, that he had a dream about her. Anyways, this was, like, super freaky because the feeling that I was getting off of this, like, girl or whatever was that she didn't really like me very much. And Julia's dad said that she doesn't like girls. Which then I was like, this is why she always, like, plays with us or, like, screws with us and, like, tries to scare us and stuff. Anyways... So if you are listening to this and you are someone that, re- that wears a red string around your ankle, I learned this from Julia's dad and it's been tried and true. But Julia's dad was basically like, yeah, so, you know, if Nikki's friend doesn't want her to be around, you don't have to be mean. If anything, you should just be very nice and like, politely say out loud that you don't want her around and tell him to go get a red string and wear it around his left ankle. And that's exactly what he did and that day that he did that, he told me that he had a dream about her and she basically took it very well and and he never had any encounter with her after that. So again, this crazy kind of like weird story that links to some of the stuff that I talk about nowadays in modern practice. But anyways, these were just some stories that I wanted to share and kind of lighten up the mood a little bit since the last few episodes have been quite heavy. And it's just the very beginning kind of stages of my spiritual journey. I'm going to dive deeper into the actual like how I got to my practice and what led me here, but I wanted to just record a quick little episode sharing some supernatural experiences that I've had and kind of just let whatever comes through come. So, hope you guys enjoyed this and don't worry like these are my experiences and they happened a very long time ago and there's nothing to be afraid of. They were just parts of my experience that helped me bridge the gap of where I am now and understanding what happens on the other side and how the unseen and spirit connects with us and our realms. So I'll get into a lot more of this in the next episode and further as we go along. But I hope you guys enjoyed story time today. And as always, thanks for hanging out with me.